Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, an energy worker, and a channel. And at tdjacobs.com, you will find options for consultations, tutoring, a bunch of astrology MP3s and study-at-home MP3 courses, as well as some healing courses and uh, info on the four-day The Divine Reflection Relationship Healing Intensive in Tucson in April, and a bunch of other stuff. I do, um, you know, this free audio on SoundCloud to teach a variety of different things uh, that I understand. You know, my my work, in fact, grows out of my experiences, and I don't really do anything in my work that, and I don't teach or share anything with clients or students that hasn't yet been the subject of my own process, and. What ends up happening is, periodically, it feels right to tell personal stories. Um, this is probably the loudest and clearest in the book, The Soul's Journey 3, a case study, which, in which I chronicle, from an emotional healing standpoint, emotional memory, physical memory, and then having um, you know visceral muscle memory, as well as emotional memories and um, visual things and just, you know, inborn knowledge, I chronicle how I process 19 of my own other lives associated with my soul. We typically call them past lives. But the truth of it is, from what I can tell from all I've channeled and worked with the spirits of the dead as a medium, that from the soul's perspective, all of these lives are happening simultaneously. So saying past lives actually can trap us within the construct of linear time, which the soul does not recognize, except within this dimension. The soul is not governed by time, in other words. So when I talk about the soul's other lives, I really want you to understand that the remnants of other lives are in your unconscious, in your energy field now. That's what I'm going to talk about tonight in a specific example, kind of a Dear Diary kind of thing, kind of a, perhaps a processing thing, and of course, an opportunity to teach something. Now, in The Soul's Journey 3, and and I recommend you read The Soul's Journey 1 and 2 uh, to really get this process, and then in a broader sense, and then in the the third uh, volume, it's about this very specific focused sense with one person and how all these different astrology chart signatures or birth chart signatures can overlap and point at a bunch of different lifetimes. I'm, I'm really happy with that volume. It really gives people a, a, some tips and tricks on how to work with energies and emotions from other lives that manifest emotionally in the world, you know, in 3D, and also physically, you know, in the life around you, in the world around you, as well as in your own body. I don't know if you can tell, I'm kind of short of breath right now, and I am wheezing a little bit because of what I'm dealing with that I'm going to explain. And um, definitely physical, the physical body can't help but manifest what's going on in the energy field. That's a paraphrase of something that Carolyn Mace medical intuitive and writer, author, teacher, etc., includes in Anatomy of the Spirit, which I've gotten quite a lot of support and benefit and education uh, from her work. And um, 
you're, so so when you have health issues, it's important to learn to look at the energetic, which are also emotional, sources. So I'm in the midst of that uh, this week, and um, I guess I should just dive right into the personal story, and I can include some teaching stuff as I go. Um, so I'm having this this uh, shortness of breath and wheezing, and I've taken mullen, which is a an extract plant plant extract for upper respiratory uh, issues, and and it can help. You know, if you cry a lot, you know, and you get swollen and the and the, you get rhinitis, basically your tissues swell up, and you know it can help with that. So I've taken that, and that helps a little bit. But I really am getting in touch with. A part of me from another life that you would say, and you know, an, I would say an other life self or life associated with my soul carries a feeling, carries energy, and an idea and belief are wrapped up with that feeling, and that is karma. So what I'm experiencing is karma coming to the surface. Karma is manifesting a belief which is attached to an emotion, that's karma, is manifesting in my body as I feel the emotion. What we are typically trained to do, and this is part of the point of why I want to do this MP3, even though I'm going to feel a little vulnerable and self-conscious of being so personal, but um, one of the reasons I want to do this is I want you to be aware that your body is manifesting your emotions. You may, to some degree, get this, where... You don't want to do something, it's three weeks off, you kind of know you've made a commitment, uh, now it's a two and a half weeks, and then it's two weeks, you're kind of antsy about it, you're kind of like ignore it, you know, trying to overlook the fact you committed, and then the day before, you come down with flu-like symptoms. And you might say, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't want to go, so my body, you know, manifested this thing that prevented me from going, or I knew that it wouldn't be a good idea for me to go, I knew it wasn't in my highest good, and I kind of regretted making that commitment, but I didn't want to go back on that. Well, there's the body manifesting your energy. This happens with illness. This happens with injury, whether chronic or acute. And in, and that means that it also happens with accidents that you experience, whether one, one-offs or, you know, chronic problems. So to learn the language of how your body is communicating to you is essential. When I really look at this and really get into teaching this stuff to people, I basically am saying to them, hey, <laughs> people, you have the opportunity to become your own medical intuitive. When I taught the intuitive skills development class, uh, I this was more obvious to people. They said, I want to be more intuitive. I want to heal this thing in my life. Or, and I basically said, we have to look at your fears you have to learn to listen to your body, get grounded, and learn better tools for dealing with emotion and energy, including karma, these other life things that are super intense that seem to take over, um, but also develop a willingness to hear, a willingness to hear multiple things on multiple levels so you can listen to the language of your body and learn to interpret it. The text I, I used in that class, and I will teach it again in the future, uh, to those who have processed, have used the, and processed the chakra course part one, well, 
the chakra course. Part one is now available. Part two will be available uh, probably in a few months. But you have to start with with uh, level one, which goes over the lower three chakras, so you can clear out your history and learn to develop a solid foundation for your life and consciousness. And it gets into when you really look at the lower chakras. Chakra one is about family, safety, security, and on and unconscious stuff. Chakra 2 is about fairness, harmony, sexuality, creativity, balance, money, relationship. And Chakra 3 is about self-esteem, essentially the self-image that is installed in your third chakra is the battery that powers the rest of your life. So do you like yourself? Do you make self-respecting choices? Do you blah, blah, blah. So the chakra course uh, can dig into some of these unconscious things. But to uh, back to this idea of learning the language of the body. The certain physical manifestations of energy and emotion will seem to take you over. Like I'm having this breathing issue. I've learned over the years, and I'm going to give you a brief bit of the history of when this started. Probably back in 2010. Probably 2010 is when this started. And it was really bad, maybe five or six times. Basically, asthma where I thought... I was going to die, I think three or four of those times. And then since then, I have learned how to catch when it comes on and ground myself and work with it so it doesn't progress. And I'm no longer afraid I'm going to die. But it was seemingly life-threatening several times. And a couple of those times I had help, including in the middle of the night, (laughs) uh, when I would wake up in this panic Uh, But other times I didn't have help, and I had to just deal and figure it out. But anyway, it's part of this learning process that when this comes up, one or more parts of me are speaking through their fear, their regret, their guilt, their anxiety, their depression, whatever it is. These recurring physical things that we can have happen to us, these illnesses and injuries, are we if we can look at them as parts of us speaking – you know, you think of an injury, it's not in the same category <clears throat> as uh, an immune system issue. But in fact, why were you susceptible? Why did you have a vulnerability in that part of your body when you did that thing that typically would not be a problem? Why did it hurt you? You know, there's a vulnerability in your energy field because of this. So we look at symbolism. We, you know, I'm not, I don't feel safe, so I manifest something about, you know, that my immune system's compromised. We look at symbolism that way. But then we also look at the the uh, chakra link. Uh, root chakra is uh, immunity, for example, uh, in the throat, the fifth chakra. You, um, you know, what truth are you surrendered to? Essentially, what has been reified or deified in your belief system that you are surrendered to? Is it healthy or unhealthy? So we can look at illnesses in the throat and with the thyroid, et cetera, in the neck uh, as indicative of fifth chakra issues. Uh, sometimes, a lot of times those overlap. Sometimes they don't. So we have multiple systems. Um, and then sometimes gestural things with energies and how you get an injury, you have a tick in your shoulder, something like that. Look at gestures too. This is, this is kind of how I read and diagnose things. And different medical intuitives will use different tools but the idea is, learn, you know, the invitation is to learn as much about your body 
and how it manifests energies and emotions as possible. Now, I'm an intuitive. I'm a medical intuitive. I'm a medium. Essentially, I'm a psychic. I'm a channel. If you're not, don't think that you can't figure this stuff out on your own. I do this work with people all over the world. You know, why is my knee acting up? Why do I keep having this thing with my lungs? What's going on with this, you know, twitch in my back for the last three years? You know, this muscle issue. Um, or even what's with this cancer? You know, I do that work with people, but I'm also always striving to teach people how to understand the symbolism of these things too, because I want you to be empowered. You know, anyway, that's why I'm telling this whole story. <clears throat> Take forever to get to it. So um, when I first learned about this, when I first started experiencing it, I, this asthma thing and this breathing issue, I did not know what it was. I did not know what the source was. I would just wake up in the middle of the night panicking because I couldn't breathe, feeling like everything's shutting down and basically having an asthma attack. And that happened several times. And I was even teaching intuitive skills class at that time. I was even doing medical intuitive work as you know as part of my normal practice. Um, but I didn't get, have a sense of who this part was or what was going on. Um, it was triggered at first by a bunch of different things I was intentionally doing, a bunch, I'd say a handful of different things that I was intentionally doing to cleanse my liver. As it turns out, so you drink a bunch of carrot juice, like raw carrot juice, not a carrot or two, but like you do carrot juice, you know, like you juice three or four carrots at once. You do that five times over a three or four day period. It's a lot of carrot juice. And the, um, you know, the vitamin A becomes beta carotene or vice versa. I can't remember because I'm kind of out of it. Um, and that stimulates the liver. Well, then the liver will dump. Well, liver energetically has a lot to do with anger. And anger is one of the results from grief and pain. It's one of the responses. So I kept having this dump. And so as it turns out, your, your liver isn't via a meridian connected with the lungs but somehow and I've had I've asked this I've learned this and had it confirmed and then later confirmed by other people who have who practice Chinese Chinese medicine there's this weird thing where too much energy coming out of the liver at once can get shifted over to the lungs so I learned this after like three or four times of this issue happening I started asking around a friend who's a Qigong teacher I started asking him uh, start asking an acupuncturist, went to a Chinese medical practitioner a few years later and asked again. So I had this, this understanding of this weird link that it's not officially connected by a meridian, but there's this kind of transfer thing that can, can happen. So I stopped the liver thing. I stopped cleansing the liver. Uh, and I had done several things. You know, I was doing milk thistle all the time for a while. And then I was like, whoa, that doesn't, and I was doing carrot juice and just all these different things. And that really exacerbated anger. Now I know, and I was learning at that time, that all anger is a response to pain and fear. And so I started to tap into the grief that is this. So it's been um, off and on for years, this deep grief. And in the Soul's Journey 3, a case study, I described the first thing that came up, which is a memory from another life wherein the village I live in is raided and the people that I feel responsible for are uh, killed and then I'm killed. 
my loved ones, people I feel responsible for, my community. And it's not a terribly big village, but I feel responsible. I'm some kind of elder in this in this community. Um, and I've done a lot of healing on this. I've done a lot of crying and a lot of being angry and a lot of reconnecting with that part, you know, that other life persona who feels very real. I see it. I see the scene in my head. Um, and sometimes in certain movies, it gets triggered. Like I will see something that looks like it. Um, like the place is burning they kind of, the cinematographer slows down the film speed and people are trying to save each other and they're running from the flames and, the, you know, whether it's an accident or some kind of invasion, just sets me off. Not, not so much anymore, but for, for a few years it was just too hard to, uh, to watch that kind of thing. So I've done a ton of work on this, is the point. Um, but then the deeper theme of, the related but deeper theme of loss of community, loss of family. So this has started to come up when like this feeling of grief separate, you know, not related to asthma, not tied in with this inability to breathe. But this theme has continued to the point where, and I have talked about this, I think in MP3s and uh, it's something, and, and in those MP3s, I would have said, gosh, I feel vulnerable and I don't know if I should share all this, but I'm going to do it in case it helps you, blah, blah, blah. And it's come up about uh, losing a child. It's always like I will have a problem with a boy who's around six to eight years old. See little girls, eh, you know, 10, 20 percent. Um, see little boys. Uh, sometimes like, in the, and I if and I've said in this other MP3, I remember seeing it recently. I've kind of constructed my life around not having to. Um and I'll be in the grocery store and I will see people with their little kids and I can't deal with it with certain, maybe even ages like five to eight with boys. And happy kids just stir all kinds of shit for me anyway. Not like spasmodic, but like peaceful, happy, playful, optimistic, joyful kids. It's an issue. So I've been dealing with this for quite a long time and I just, you know, you know lately I've just been kind of trying to appreciate the joyfulness, but then kind of um, not trying to pay attention too much. And, and it's been a thing. You know, it's been a thing. So, kind of the next chapter of this is for the last, like six and a half years ago, I sent a contract with a soft an astrology software publisher to publish the True Black Moon Lilith Report. And I've mentioned this on Facebook recently and, and elsewhere, and I've been telling students and clients about it um, in, in an effort to process some stuff, but but I've talked about it off and on over the years. It's kind of weird. It's like an author writes something and then submits it to a publisher, queries a publisher, basically, and the publisher says, yeah, sure, send it over. And then if the publisher reads it and says, basically, holy fucking shit, this is great. And in my case, they didn't they didn't say fucking shit, but they were like, this is great, we want to publish this. In my case, like most people use the mean position of the black moon. And I argue you have to use the true position, here's here's the defense of that. And they had been people who used the mean position and they and they said to me, Look, you changed our minds. That's very impressive. It's not the easiest thing to do. We've thought about it a lot, but you turned us around on this. 
and they gave me favorable terms, better than first-time author publishing terms. And I was so proud, and I felt really gratified. You know, honestly, I felt validated. I hadn't written a book yet. This was uh, mid-2008, and I put the first books out in uh, January, February of 2010. So I hadn't written, this was a big first writing project. And also the Lilith material is so close to my heart. And so I was very happy. And they said, figure about six months. Six months came and went, so that would be like fe January, February of 2011. Six months came and went, and um, it was, turned out to be really hard to get updates from them. And it was mysterious. And all these problems, I could feel these problems, right? So I finally was like, you know, what the hell is going on? Like, give me a status update. And they were like, look, our lead programmer is having debilitating anxiety attacks and has been for a while. He's the only one who can do it. If it were the mean position, we already have that calculated. But we haven't, he hasn't calculated. We don't have that on the books in our ephemeris. The true black moon, the, the oscillating apogee, the, 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 the piece you use, the point. So he's in therapy, he's on meds. That was several years, and I was frustrated and angry. I know this is kind of a long story, but this is my therapy, and you're just going to have to deal with it. You're going to stop listening, go away from SoundCloud, whatever. Um, I really need to get this off my chest, though. And I think that the more I do that, the more I can let the stress and tension go that I will describe, that I'm beginning to describe now. So my thing was, okay, an author, like I said, an author approaches a publisher. The publisher says, hey, that's great. We'd love to do it. And then there are innumerable delays, right? I was like, that's not fair. And here I have Pluto and Libra in the 12th. Part of me go, gets very angry when things aren't fair. And I have Mars and Libra in the first house with Uranus. I have a thing about fairness. It's like multiple. I, don't, I can't stand when things are unfair and unjust. Um, I don't treat other people that way. Why should I be treated? You know, so... So when it finally comes out after several years that this is what's been happening, the guys, the only guy on their staff who can do it and they don't want to get rid of him, he's incapable of doing it in the short term. So I asked my guides, is this about this publisher being the wrong group? And the answer is very clearly, no, it's the right group. This is the right group. I say, but this is dragging on forever and kind of really fucking with my psychology and my emotions. Should I end the contract and go somewhere else? And the answer is no. It's in your highest good to keep with them and deal with this. So I asked that probably dozens of times over four or five years. Like literally, every few months, every few weeks. Because I counted on this to help my career. I, I count, you know, part of it. Part of it is I wanted the material to get to people. And they and they have a huge marketing machine. And and so this would help me, it would help me help people. And again, I hadn't written a book yet, and I certainly hadn't written the Lilith book until 2012, so until four years into this process. Um, I hadn't finished the Lilith book. You know, the astrology of the report, the astrology sections are in the Lilith book. Um, the report is special because I'm telling you over the next year, here are your transits and progressions, here are your aspects and your natal chart, and et cetera, and your house and sign. So it's like you don't have to go through the work of figuring it out, you know. So the report is, is valuable, but yeah, that material comes out in the book as well. So I'm just feeling like life is being unfair, life is being a jerk, the universe, God, is just fucking with me, just to fuck with me. Because I wrote a good report and then I feel punished, and this is this dialogue that goes on for years. 
Um, a year into this process, I met uh, my part, my current partner, and so we've been together for five and a half years. And um, she's somebody who has a fundamental faith in life in the universe that I'm trying to heal in order to get to. I'm trying to heal the lack of it or the opposite. So her thing is, then it must not be the right time. You know, and I would say, but this has been going on longer than I've known you even, you know, like as the years have gone by. And so I've been trying to take the cue of let it go because the anger has really eaten away at me and really been uh, really painful and really, really destructive. And I've had outbursts about the unfairness and the lack of the feeling of powerlessness. I wrote this amazing thing and it's trapped in nowhere. It's trapped in limbo, right? I didn't have that phrasing at that point until recently, which will be toward the end of the story here. But so, and then, you know, four years into this process, when I was really okay with the fact that I was kept being told it was in my highest good to stay with them, I went to, uh, the ESAR conference and they had a table and I, and I went up to them and introduced myself in person. We talked on the phone and lots of emails and we talked on the phone a half dozen times, but, but it was, it was emails. I walked up to this, up to them and said, this is who I am. My contact who has felt horrible for having to keep telling me it's delayed when they don't do this with anybody. That's not who they are. It's not their norm, certainly. It's not how they run their business. But there were all these other delays and things. She was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I said, you know, and so she was there and the owner was there. And I said, you know, I want to have a good relationship with you. I need to keep communicating with me, which which they haven't done. Not not effectively because I think they feel bad. They feel like, the, you know, this is a thing they're, they've messed up or something. Um, but anyway, I just said, you know, I'm going to stay with you. And they had offered me the opportunity to, to get out of it, you know, within the previous year. And I was like, no, I, I need to stay. But anyway, I just introduced myself and said, you know, this is who I am. And, and, and I'm really looking forward to this. And it was a positive thing. But I think I made them nervous because I, I thought, you know, they might have thought I was going to be angry, which I wasn't toward them. Because the universe is being a jerk, not them. So I did everything I could after that to surrender and let it go and say, maybe it's not the right time for that teaching to be set free into the world. And I struggled to accept that. I took it as a, a Pluto in the 12th karmic healing lesson of you can't control this thing. You're trying to make a difference in the world. Sometimes you're stymied. You can't, you don't know why it's not happening. Your human self, your ego, your personality, your mind, your linear logical self and ego are struggling to create something and make something happen, but you don't know the timing that needs to happen. You, you don't know. So I struggled knowing that teaching, uh, that truth that comes from Ascended Master Jehudi and soul and spirit guides. Uh, that's the kind of thing they talk about with us with the 12th house. We have to learn to surrender and let go of control. And I struggle with that, and I've had a lot of months where I'm okay with it. And a few times the last year, a couple of years, I've had real problems. Increasingly, though, that was more recently because this anger stuff that's associated with the breathing is coming to the surface. So I had the other day, or last week, I kind of a meltdown, maybe like eight days ago. And my girlfriend and I were going to go somewhere. And I was in my office, and she was here in the house. And she can hear what I'm talking. And I was 
my voice was raised and I was bitching about and complaining to and accusing the universe of being a fuckface who's persecuting me. And I let it I let it out because we have to give voice to these parts of us if we are ever going to resolve them. Fear, anger, pain, depression, suicidal tendencies, whatever it is, we have to give voice to them knowing that they are not who we are, knowing that this experience is temporary, knowing that we can be grounded enough and in our bodies enough to stay sane but let this wave break Otherwise, it's going to stay just under the surface and cause us problems going forward. And that's a real message of the Soul's Journey 3, a case study is this this bit. To give voice to the pieces and how to do it, you know, the pieces of self from other parts of the timeline. Because otherwise, they're just like at 80% intensity just under the surface, bothering us and guiding our lives and vibrating all this chaos and unhappiness. So, but, but I was kind of peaceful. I mean, I, I wasn't yelling. And then she knocked on the door because we had a plan to go somewhere together, run some errands. And that I had to respond to her. The door just opened and I started yelling. So she left without me. And I was like, you got to leave without me because blah, 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 the universe, blah, blah, blah. And that energy affects her and I don't like that. You know, I'm doing the best I can. But anyway, so she left and I, and I yelled for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And then later that day, I settled into numbness and I was kind of blank and feeling defeated and just shit on like the universe hates me what could the Lilith report being blocked mean it's a good report so it's not that the material shouldn't get out there people are you know most of my website traffic is random searches on Lilith and people find my site and dip in and dip out like find a page and read something and leave People are hungry for Lilith. Lilith, Healing the Wild, my book, is my best-selling book. I don't even really promote it. It's just all that traffic and people looking for, you know, hungry for information on how to heal the wild feminine and incorporate the feminine and painting Lilith as a figure who's part of us and it's natural and good, not as demonic and evil and shameful and deserving of punishment and censure and, 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 and existing as evil. My book, I'm told by readers, is the only positive one out there. So I'm like, there's no real reason except to put me in a box and make sure people can't reach my work. To disconnect me from the people who need the information. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I left out the end of the story. After all these delays with the software publisher, then in May, I got an email, or maybe April or March, I got an email saying, look, we're ready to go. The programming is actually done after all these years, if you can believe it. It's going to our editor. Send it to the editor. The editor puts a lot of comments, sends me a redline version, and I, and I nixed about half of them and accepted half of them and sent it back to her and didn't hear back again. And this was, I guess, early May when I emailed her. Well, she died. So I was like, holy fucking shit, universe. You killed, this is my 12th house paranoia and anger, you killed the editor because she was working to help me release my report. You killed a woman. You know, I was just so like pissed off. I was like, "This is a final. This is the last straw." You killed someone because she was working to get this information to people. Of course, that has nothing to do with that. She was older. She got sick. She died. Whatever. Uh, or she was a person. She got sick. She died. Doesn't even matter. She was older. So, um, but I, that was the last straw, and I, that was why I started having these blow-ups more recently, and that was in the summer. So, um, I wrote back after weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, to um, 
my other, the, the, the regular contact, the one who said, oh shit, when I met her in person at the conference. And she said, actually, you know, the lady died. And so I'm going to take it over. I'm going to start looking at it on my vacation. So now this was four months ago. Right now it's mid-December. That was early August. I still haven't heard anything back. So that's why I'm having these issues come up again now. So I'm having this conversation with the universe, and I realize that my creativity has been blocked because of this. I have about 10 books that are in process. You know, whether they're like 3,000-word outlines or literally I have one that's 70,000 words. It's about 60 70% done. And other ones that are about halfway done or a little less, a little more. Many, many tens of thousands of words because I'm passionate about writing. But this, my baby, the Lilith Report being so important to me, I realized it feels like the universe has taken my baby and is holding it hostage just to punish me. So I said, kind of to the universe, accusatorily, I said, you know, you have stolen my child. And you're holding it hostage, and this is unfair, and there's no good reason to do it. And one of my guides, who I connect with rarely, um, I work with Metatron and Jehudi a lot, but they're not technically my guides. And I and I really, it's kind of a weird setup where I actually teach people how to find their spirit guides, but I get surprised when these particular beings actually come through and make contact. It's really like Metatron and Jehudi are my role models and um, tutors. But my real guides are these other beings. When I when I talk to other intuitives and they hear something from them, I'm like, who the hell are you talking to? Because it's like it's not what I'm accustomed to. I'm used to having Metatron and Jehudi constantly with me. Anyway, this one comes through and he goes, how did he say it? He said, um, if you had children in this life, one of them might be taken away and might die or might be killed. And I, I was really grounded and clear because I was already like numbed out, but I was grounded enough and calm and I, in a detached way, I said, well, now that makes sense. Given Pluto in the 12th, my karmic need to learn to forgive and release and grieve and surrender, like, you know, give, give up what I'm attached to, right? That actually makes sense to me because in a bunch of lives, I might not effectively grieve the, the death of other people because it's just too much or whatever. I'm talking about a village massacre. It's just overwhelming. Everybody I knew and loved is killed, and then I'm killed. You know, r- roughly I'm at the end, you know, more or less. So I was like, okay, well, that I can deal with. I was like, you know, thank you for the clarity. I mean, that, you know, because basically I interpreted that as if, basically he said, if you had kids now. But I think what he was saying is, look, in some other life, this is happening. Because you're having echoes and repeats of what's happening also in the timeline. So my creativity feels stunted. And I, I mean, I, I write creative stuff, but I don't promote it at all because of all of this. I feel like the universe is going to block it. Because here we have the Lilith Report being held hostage for six and a half years. Well, I've been like working overtime to really promote myself and establish myself in the world of astrology and channeling and and here's this wonderful report that will help me tremendously that's just being fucked with. Yeah, you give it to the editor at the final stage of the process, and then you kill her. You know, this kind of like feeling punished idea. Um, 
because in the, with Pluto in the 12th, you're learning, with Pluto in the 12th natally, you're learning that you can't control everything in 3D. So anyway, so I said, okay, if that's what's happening elsewhere on the timeline, I can work with that. Like, thank you. I hadn't considered that before. This feeling of the Lilith Report being my writing, thinking about it, equivalent of a book. But to say it feels like my child has been kidnapped, you know, um, that's where this, this door opened up. But, I don't know, half an hour later, an hour later, I was not numb and flat. I actually started to have grief. I was crying, and I was upset, and I was kind of blathering and having this asthma thing start. So that's kind of, and that was a week later, a week ago, sorry, a week ago. So so since then, I've been dealing with wheezing and this, and this recurring asthma thing. Well, now there's a good, you know, end uh, approaching end of the story because, you know, and as you're hearing this, I don't want you to fear hearing from these parts of you from across the timeline. This is not a cautionary tale of something terrible that could happen to you if you start digging through your unconscious. This is not a negative because I know it's temporary. I can get grounded. I use crystals all the time to to ground myself to work with different you know aspects of this, to change my frequency, to open my heart, to ground, to whatever. To like right now, I'm holding dendritic opal, which helps us make peace with a part of us we don't know how to deal with, and this is helping every few hours, several times a day, with dealing with this part. Otherwise, I've had rhodochrosite. I don't offer that through my site, but it's a heart opening stone, and that's helped a little bit and helped me see bits of moments of joy in the middle of all this feeling of heaviness and depression and sadness and despair and loss and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then what I've been doing work lately, I've been using my normal crystals, including Larimar, uh, Sea Jasper, Oralite 23, and Moldavite. So so I've been, I've been doing different things, and I have worked in the garage creating some tiger iron pieces, which are, which are good for grounding. So anyway, but I'm kind of relying mo- mostly on the, on the dendritic opal. Um... Okay, so where the story goes is, I give voice to this part of me. I'm willing to feel the feeling. I know it's temporary. I know I'm not going to die. I know I'm going to be fine because I had that perspective. So yes, even as I'm talking now, like my breathing is a little labored, right? You might hear me not gasping, but kind of pre-pre-gasping. Um... And knowing my lung capacity is a little less, and feel, you might even have heard the wheezing, but I listen to the feeling, meaning I sit with these feelings, and I articulate them, and I think about them. I let the voice inside me speak, because this part is saying through these feelings that are manifesting physically, I am super upset. <laughs> this part is saying, I'm in a terrible space. This part is saying. I'm fucked. Life is shit. Life is a waste of time because whatever you create is fucked because the universe is cruel. If you do something good and you do something right and you follow the instructions, this part says, the universe screws you over. So I know that what this part carries is stuff I need to heal. So I listen to it, and I don't spend time with people. I don't answer the phone when my mom calls. I don't, you know, I put off recording that MP3 for that client another day, you know, that uh, that reading, 
because I can't channel that day. I can't even breathe without gasping and, and uh, having asthma or the, uh, you know, I can't, I can't breathe straight, you know, so I can't, so I'm going to put it off and I just wait and I listen and I say, okay, what am I feeling? And I'm just in it. And I'm telling you, it is sad. It would be sad if somebody saw me. It's pathetic. <laughs> it's embarrassing. But it's the truth of what is carried in my unconscious that's wrapped around the belief that life is unfair and God hates me. And so that it's true. When I listen to this part, this part begins to relax. So I'm probably four or five days in to being able to, you know, since the beginning of the articulation of what the feelings are. Most of us, when something comes up, we will avoid it because it's scary to be taken over by unhappy feelings. And so most of us don't give it a chance to get to the place where the part can speak. Um, but that's what I'm doing. It's what I teach people to do. It's what I write about. It's what I lead people through when I do healing intensives, when I do client work on the phone with people all over the world. So we have to be willing to feel these things. And when the part has space to speak, it will. You know, maybe you haven't had the experience of being in a very unhappy emotional state of, of whatever kind and hearing a voice. Sometimes it's more like, and this is how it is for me, how I'm going to describe it. It's not like you're like, hey, what's wrong? And the part goes, well, I'm angry because these things have happened. And, no, no. <clears throat> Sometimes you have to sit there and be angry or sad or whatever, or flatlined and depressed and vacant and vapid, you know, just like, ooh, out of it. Why is this happening? You should ask yourself. Why? The part, you know, you'll have a thought. You'll have an answer in your mind. It won't seem like somebody else, well, it may seem like somebody else's voice if you're sensitive to it and you analyze it. But basically, why is this happening? Because life is unfair. When I do this with clients in sessions, I say, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. And typically, we're in a meditative space, and they're grounded, and I'm, we're connected energetically, and I'm doing energy work. And I've contacted the part. But me changing things won't really change things for the person's life. So I say, um, I'm going to ask you this question, and I want the first answer that comes to mind it's going to be petty and embarrassing. It's going to make you feel like you're three inches tall or five years old or sad, you know, a sad adolescent or just embarrassed, mortified, like a turd. Give me the first answer that comes to mind. Because otherwise, the, I'll say, why, like in this case, why would something beautiful that you create be put in a little box and withheld from people that can, you know, this part of me will jump at the chance, this part of you will jump at the chance to answer, because life is unfair and God hates me, and life is a waste of time, and everything's bullshit, and blah, 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 blah. The venting. Now, if I, if you don't, if you edit it or think about it, you'll get, well, I mean, I guess it's not the right time. And when clients give me that answer, I say, I don't want spiritually savvy, open-grounded, you know, open-minded 
you've been doing this work for 30 years. I don't want that. I want the part of you you're terribly embarrassed to tell me. And they'll say, well, because life is unfair and God's a jerk. So, so this is this process, but you have to be willing to feel the things. You can do it on your own, but I do do this with people. You can actually call me, and I'll answer the phone when my breathing is normal, <laughs> like when I'm more processed with this. So I've been listening. I've been hearing it. And as a result, instead of this physical situation taking over, it's more like it comes and goes. When it comes up, I sometimes feel like I need to just hold on to my girlfriend, like for dear life, and cry, and sob, and weep, and whine. But I'm not doing that. Maybe for like a minute here, 30 seconds there. A little teeny bit, and she knows what's going on. She can see, even if I don't tell her. Um, what I do is, I get in my body, I make sure I'm grounded, and I listen, and I pick up the stone, typically this dendritic opal. It's really helpful with other life integration. It's really helpful with part of us we don't know what to do with. Um, but so I sit and I listen and I feel it and I stare out the window and I watch Netflix. I listen to a podcast. I go in the garage. I listen to a podcast and I do the stones. I make some stones on the grinding wheel. Um, and I'm in it. So this is progressing. And I was able today to record uh, a reading for a client. She sent me a bunch of questions and I recorded it and that meant channeling. Uh, and I was able to do that. And uh, tomorrow I'll do another one. And the next day I'll do a solo return reading for another client. So now I'm back to normal half the day. But I'm listening and it will get better. What's going on with the Lilith report? I don't know. I haven't heard again. I wrote 10 days ago-ish. Uh, any status updates? I haven't heard a thing. And I have to, again, come back to letting it go. But I'll accept... Like, I have to accept that this is happening for a good reason that serves my soul's journey. In this case, so that I get over this feeling of persecution. So that I get over the blocked creativity that has been inspired by my perception that if I create something beautiful, life will just step on it or shit on it or crumple it up and throw away, throw it away. You know, that if I do something amazing that will help people, that life will prevent it <clears throat> from getting out to people because it's unfair, because whatever, cruelty, whatever. So I have to work with that. I have to, and this is the, the challenge for all of us, these intense experiences that create drama and stress and anger, we have to look at these painful things as evidence that the universe is supportive because this stuff wouldn't bother me if I didn't have a knot that needs to be untied. If I didn't have a karmic imbalance, a problem, a pain that needs to be unwound and released and healed. And so every single thing that happens to you in your life, this is how we come back to having faith, even with Pluto in the 12th house. <laughs> every single thing pushes you in one way or another, everything you notice that's painful and difficult, it pushes you to some scale in one way or another, you know, to some degree, into pain and fear and suffering so you can resolve the knot in the system. I say the knots, blocks, and bruises from your many lives. So my NATO, so I don't have kids. So my NATO report is being held hostage 
something I created that I'm very proud of and I love and I want others to see. I, I believe it has potential to help people really get a grip on what's happening on this planet for the last 6,000 years and how to heal the damaging effects, again, accumulated in the unconscious for many lives, of patriarchal imbalance. Elevating the masculine, which requires denigrating the feminine. This is in my heart to do something about helping people heal this. So, in, you know, a few months ago, Okay, so I put together by hand since two, between uh, mid-2008 and early 2016, 243, I believe, Lilith reports. Paste them together by hand. They take 25 to 30 minutes, the way my brain works, because I, like I have a problem following recipes and remembering things. So if I look at, okay, this person natally has Lilith square Saturn, Lilith trine Neptune. And then I'll go and I'll be like, oh, wait, what was that? I have to go back and look at it. It's like with the recipes, it's like, okay, quarter cup flour, I turn away, I forget. Literally, that's, so it probably takes about 20 minutes for a normal person. It's just my Mercury conjunct Neptune natally, just a problem. So, you know, 25 minutes on average maybe, right? A little longer if there's a lot of transits or a lot of natal aspects. Because I'm pasting from Word documents elsewhere on my computer into one Word document to create this PDF. And so after a couple years of this, I was like, I've already signed a contract with a publisher. Why do I have to do this by hand? It felt like a punishment. If it were automated, it could be super quick and easy and automatic, right? So anyway, and I dreaded doing them so I wouldn't promote them, which is why the, the Lilith material is so popular. I only did 240 in eight years because on average 30 a year. I wasn't promoting it. I wouldn't because I dreaded it. So my energy attached to the Lilith report actually sucked. But the delays in the publishing came first, so don't think that that's... Okay, anyway. So in the middle of all this anger the other day, or last week, I said, um, this matters. This material... And I had this, like, soliloquy where I'm, like, you know, yelling at my spirit guide and the, and the universe for being a jerk. And I give this impassioned speech, which is kind of ridiculous. If you could have heard it, I'm glad nobody did. I, I did it after my girlfriend left the house. Actually, people walking their dogs outside probably heard it through the window. I mean, the window was closed, but I was yelling. Um, but this part was speaking in full, you know, really full-throated, impassioned. And I said, this matters, this material is important, and... I had stopped offering the Lilith Report early in 2016 because I couldn't keep putting it together by hand. I couldn't deal with it. Every time I did it, I felt that punishment, that twinge, that sense of being persecuted. So this guide said to me, if it's so important, why are you not offering it? And I said, okay, I have to offer it again. So it's now available again. And they'll be put together by hand until the uh, until the the software publisher, you know, until they get their stuff together and can actually make it happen. So this is this whole story is about this transformation of my relationship with this situation because people are going to be able to get this information now, and my feeling about being punished 
can go away. It's going to be slow, because if I put together a few and it still feels like a drag, you know, it's going to be a little slow. It might be some, some hard stuff going on. Um, so that's what's going I just actually paused it for a minute ago. I had to sneeze a bunch of times, so my breathing is now worse. Um, anyway, I need to end this MP3, but, but I just wanted to talk about this healing process and how to really get into what's happening with ourselves across time and these residues that manifest in our lives, we really have to be willing to feel the sorrow and the anger, the regret, the guilt, the shame, the depressiveness. And I've, I've, I've never felt more suicidal than this process with the Lilith Report. Like, I should stay on this planet to continue being punished? Why should I give the universe the satisfaction of watching me suffer? It's a good report. They want to publish it. Stop punishing them. Stop punishing me, you know, because we want to publish it, because I want it to get out to people. Stop punishing readers because they need to heal the stuff and you're not letting, you know, and, and that anger. And I've never been more suicidal. It's been really hard. And, um, yeah, and this can start to shift. Because I'm changing my mind about why I perceive it's happening. It's pushing me into this grief and despair and the sense of I can't control things. It's putting me into the, the space where I feel challenged to be willing to continue being creative and thereby create a sense of purposefulness and meaningfulness in my life, even if something is stuck in the process. You know, the first thing, as I said, my child, my baby, it's not. It's a writing project that I care about. It's not my child. But anyway, <clears throat> so that I can see this stuff, these feelings of being persecuted and punished, this and, and, and come out of it. So why, you know, why is it, ha you know, the editor didn't die, the guy didn't have the panic attacks because the, the report's bad or shouldn't be out there, or I shouldn't be published. It's really about my relationship with the universe and how supportive I feel life is. So again, just kind of wrapping this up, with this 12th house placements, I have Pluto and Venus in the 12th. My job in life is to work with ego, but work, like I, I don't look at ego as a four-letter word. We need it. But we really need to align it with truth. And the 12th house truth is that we don't know all the time, meaning our brains, our minds, our linear logical selves don't all the time know why things happen the way they do, or what is the best way something can happen, or how all the details can fall in place, or even what serves the highest good of all involved. As I transform this karmic pain, this stuff that's been in my space for my whole life, over many lives, this sense of, you know, persecution and blah, 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 this victim crap. <clears throat> As I transform that, when the report is released, the energy behind it is different and is more loving and open and generous. And it will sell better later because I'm no longer holding on to this latent, unconscious beef with the universe for being a jerk. So with the 12th house stuff, we have to decide that we're willing to have faith that things work out the way they need to, even if we don't understand it. 
Okay, yeah, I really got to go. Thank you for your time and energy. Go to tdjacobs.com, and, and you can get your own Lilith report. It takes about 10 days for delivery. And actually, today's December 16th, 2016. If you order by the end of December 22nd, if you want it to be a gift idea, because some people like giving these as gifts, uh, that will be delivered by the end of the 24th. Anyway, tdjacobs.com, check it out. Thank you. Take care of yourself. And, uh, you know, I'm just trusting, um, revealing my, bearing my soul here, bearing my heart. And I'm just trusting that, uh, that you're part of my community and, uh, you will take some of these insights if there's, if there are any here and use them to help you work with some difficult emotional thing about which you might feel powerless. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye.